Less than a week to go before the Bengals and Rams play for it all. How much an advantage do the Rams have being at home? A slew of new head coach hirings in the NFL. Now the Raiders, Dolphins, and Jags will move ahead with their new leaders. And trouble in Vegas for Saints running back Alvin Kamara. It's all coming up next on the GM Shuffle. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ah, finally, less than a week away from the Super Bowl. Actually, let's go there first, Mike. This weekend, how awful was your weekend? Because trying to find sports, Knicks-Lakers. Oh, my God. The Knicks, by the way, huge lead. Of course, they pissed that away in overtime. The Pro Bowl, which is unwatchable. Unwatchable. Thankfully, as you know, I'm locked in the Winter Olympics, so I'm pretty busy. But I can imagine, as a sports fan, no football? What a disastrous weekend this was. I was watching curling. Did you watch curling at all? <laughs> I'm locked in the curling. It reminds me a lot of baseball because you say third inning or the third end, the rock goes, it's a takeout, hit and roll. Like it's, it's fairly straightforward to follow. I was fascinated by curling. I mean, I was at a bar with Millie and uh, Bill Berman and his wife, Anissa, and we're sitting there and then we got the big screen right in front of us and, and the curling's going on. And I mean, it looked like shuffleboard to me, but it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. I mean- like, I would rather watch that than the NBA. How about James Harden's defense? You know, they got the, tr- <laughs> the trade deadline coming up, and people say the Sixers have to trade for Harden. Uh, you know, put your name on that contract when you max him out at whatever that contract is and then watch him play defense. I mean, are you kidding me? So you can't, and the NBA is literally unwatchable. I mean, it's yeah. unwatchable. It, 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 I don't care. The Pro Bowl is unwatchable too. I'm not <laughs> just defending football. Right. They just. They should make a two-hand touch and just do away with it, right? Like, just let's play, you know, let's just play flag football and see what we come up with. And then, because it's hard to be an all-star game in football. And then, you know, I don't watch hockey, so I like downhill ski. I mean, I do like some of the Olympics, but... Tough one for Michaela Schiff. I was, I got, I got, I got involved with curling. So, you know, the Italian team is supposed to be the best curling team. I hope that's true. Phenomenal. And, and the mix, they're in the gold medal. Like, it's unbelievable. The Italian like, team, the how mix. How do you prepare for curling? Like, what do you do? Do you just like kind of work on your, you do like, do you mop your floor <laughs> in the kitchen? So you're kind of like perfectly handling that? Like, yeah. how do wrist you prepare exercises. for- Wrist exercises. It's the supplement of your for wrist. curling. 
Yeah. It's a hell of a thing. I mean, I'm, Ita- I'm happy the Italians are doing good in it. I mean, they were in their kitchen quite a bit. I could see them mopping floors. We <laughs> right love now, a good kitchen. Right now, mopping the floor with the competition. That's been the story at the mixed team event of the curling. Uh, we'll talk more about the Olympics a little bit later on, but let's get into some football. Less than a week away from the Super Bowl. The Rams are not going anywhere. Second straight year. They're at home. We saw the advantage it had for the Bucs a year ago. The Bengals will arrive in L.A. on Tuesday. Uh, We're recording this on Monday. They've spent the past week practicing in Cincinnati, were forced to move practice indoors last week after a winter storm rolled through Ohio. Now, you said last week most of prep work is getting done. We know all the distractions that come with Super Bowl week. So you've been there. What's it like for the teams trying to focus on the task at hand? Well, I would have thought they would have gone out to LA early. They don't have an indoor facility, so they must have gone over to Cincinnati, the University of Cincinnati's facility, to use that. Uh, but I would thought they would have gotten out there early, but I'm sure they want to keep the distractions to a minimum. But I mean, you know, the one thing for the Rams, they have such an advantage. I mean, they don't have to put their players in any hotel. They can keep their players at home. You know, their facility was going to be one of the facilities used for what the home, the, the, the home we're visiting teams. So they get to stay in their own facility. They get to use, they don't have to move anything. It's kind of a seamless transition for them. So gives them a little bit of advantage. And then when the Bengals come out, they'll have, get used to the weather. You know, without with COVID and, and the limitations of all the the restrictions in terms of media responsibility, it makes it a lot easier for them to kind of do what they're doing. So I, I, the thing I like about it, what, what I said last week was, you know, this is not a typical bye week where you give players four days off. This is a typical game week. And so the execution, which you're counting on, should be much improved because you're working these plays repeatedly as opposed to just one, once or twice or, or, or three or four times. This is, you're going to get some really good work on it. This is always a fun conversation to have. Does it help you being at home as the Rams are in their own beds, own facility, own routine? Or does it hurt you because you're a little bit of a fat cat? You're used to everything, a little too comfortable, whereas the Bengals are coming in in a different environment. There's no answer to this, obviously. But which one would you prefer, being at home or being the team traveling? Well, I think it definitely being at home. I mean, you get to sleep in your own bed. Your routine doesn't really change at all. You know whether you go into the practice facility, your locker's the same. I mean, I think obviously that gives you an advantage. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's going to have to happen on the field. I mean, when you go through this game, and we'll talk more in depth about the breakdown of the game uh, on Thursday, but, you know, look, I, I think the MVP of the of the Bengals' run so far has been McPherson. I mean, the guy's made 13 kicks, hasn't missed one. Three times he's made kicks outside of 50 yards. You know, they scored 72 points, this this Ram, this Ram uh, Bengal team, and, and he has scored, th- and he kicked 13 field goals. Their point differential is just 13. And the opposing teams have only made six field goals against them. So to me, he's the difference. And the fact that they're playing indoors in perfect condition, you know, even though it's the Rams stadium and there is some inconvenience for the Bengals to travel and do all that stuff, with him kicking the way he is, I mean, he's the Mariana Rivera of their team. He closes it out, right? <laughs> I mean, you could appreciate, I mean, he is truly a closer. He's, he, when you study the sheets and you look at everything, I mean, Burrow's fabulous and all the stuff with the Bengal defense. But the difference has been this kid. I mean, he has been the closer. And you start to wonder about, not necessarily just the closer, but rust versus rest, experiencing playing a factor. Sean McVay been here as a head coach, a team full of veteran players. The Bengals are a young team. But I feel like, Mike, they're playing with house money. Like the Bengals, right? It's very easy to 
dissuade yourself from believing they can win. Like, all right, it's been a great Cinderella story. When push comes to sub, they're not going to beat the Rams, but they will use that fuel, right? Why not us? Of course, that's yeah. going to be their motivation. Right, it is. And, you know, and 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 I think that certainly is always a good motivation for a coach. I mean, you know, they've, they've beaten two really good opponents to get here. They beat the Raiders, you know, who I would say was a good opponent for them. That certainly was a challenging game. I mean, the Raiders ran the football effectively, beat a really good Tennessee team, the number one seed, and they beat the number two seed. I mean, look, this is not a fluke that they're here. And so they are playing with house money. But I do think that that McVeigh is so smart that I think that after he lost that Super Bowl to the Patriots and he kind of felt like he got outcoached in that game, I think he probably made a lot of notes. And I think he probably said, if I ever get back to this game, this is what I'm going to do different. This is how I'm going to approach this game differently. And, and I have a sense that that's going to be, he's going to be the difference in their approach. And when you really break their team down, you know, defensively, AD, they've been fabulous in this playoff run. I know they gave up 27 points it, it, to uh, to Tampa Bay, but they have been really good. They've been they've only allowed teams to convert 18% on third down. They've held teams to 3.1 yards per carry. You know, they've limited they've limited the red zone. Teams average five nine yards per passing attempt on them. Their pass rush has been able to create hurries, not necessarily sacks. I mean, Donald has one and a half sacks, but I mean, they create hurries. And then this offense with Stafford has averaged nine yards per pass attempt because they haven't been able to run the ball. The Rams averaged 2.9 yards running. They haven't been able to run the ball. Now, this game, I think they can run the football because the Bengals have given up 5.9 yards per carry come the playoff times. And without and without their beef defensive tackle, Ogajobi, I think that affects them in the terms of their run. And I think the, the Bengals are going to want to play a seven-man front. They're going to want to say, Rams, if you want to run the ball, go ahead. You're just not going to throw the ball over our heads. And I think that lends itself to Stafford. So, you know, to me, I, I think it'll be a game where the Rams will will run more than you think. But I think they're also, their offense will be more explosive than I think a lot of people think as well. Thursday, we're going to do more X's and O's and really dive deep into offense and defense. Today, we're going to talk a lot about coaching and lots of coaching moves around the NFL. But how about this final thought on the Super Bowl in terms of coaches? McVay is arguably a top five coach. Belichick, Peyton, Tomlin, Pete Carroll, McVay's in the top five, right? Theoretically. Zach Taylor may be in the bottom five of coaches. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, look, you know, I mean, Matt LaFleur, you miss Matt LaFleur. He's the, uh, you know. Right. He's I, I, the kingpin of, of He is the number, according to Pro Football Focus, he's the number one coach in all of football. In fact, I told that to a head coach the other day and, and he yeah. just laughed. I said, you know, you're behind Matt LaFleur, just so you know. <laughs> you know, I said, and then he laughed. Coaching could determine things though in this game. I'm just saying, if you have a great coach and a coach who isn't as strong, there might be a situation where coaching is going to play a factor. I get the feeling that LaFleur, excuse me, I get the feeling Zach Taylor is going to be a little bit like he was when he played the Chiefs. Aggressive. Trying, because I think he feels like he does have a little bit lesser of a team. You know, now he got behind in the Kansas City game, so it was all out. He had to go for it. And his defense played in the second half. As I've mentioned before, they were allowed to play physical in the second half. So I, I think there's no doubt he will put, uh, he will be more aggressive. I see them trying to, uh, you know, to, to push the envelope a little bit. And look, let's face it, AD, with this kicker, you know, he's going to try a 55-yarder. When he, when, I think it was the Tennessee game, when he trotted the guy out there with like a minute 30 to go in the first half, I thought, boy, this is a mistake here. If this kid misses this kick, you know, this could really change the the the, the middle eight and the kid just drills it. So he has, he had, with, with Mariana Rivera in his bullpen, I mean, this kid, he can take a little bit of a chance. And, and the one thing is when he turns down, let's say he turns down a 42-yarder because he wants to go for it on fourth down. 
He's turning down points because this kid ain't going to miss. He's been awesome so far. Uh, honestly, a guy who does not get rattled whatsoever. We talked a little bit about Josh McDaniels the other day. Uh, officially hired as the Raiders' new head coach, second shot as a head coach, and spent 13 years as the Patriots' offensive coordinator over two different stints, winning six Super Bowls of the franchise, widely regarded as the top coordinator in the game for the past decade. Just to further the point you were already making, though, Mike, and I've heard a lot of people saying this, you learn, not necessarily from your mistakes, but you learn from previous experiences, and that's the biggest reason why I think Josh McDaniels will be successful with the Raiders. As far as personnel-wise, do you think he's the guy to get the best out of car and company? Well, I think that there's no doubt that, you know, I think one of the things we're seeing when, when, when teams fire coaches so often is we used to call this the Art Modell theory of hiring. So Art Modell, the former owner of the Browns, would say, AD, you do 50 things really well, but you do three things shitty. So I'm going to fire you for those three things you do shitty, and I'm going to hire Lombardi. He does those things, three things really good. But then he's only 20, but he only does 25 other things good. So Modell's 25 behind. And, and I think that coaching... And sometimes when you're making player decisions, you do the same thing. You say, okay, Derek Carr does 50 things really well, and he's shitty in three areas. So let's trade him for those three areas he's shitty in. And the reality of it is, is the guy you get back isn't nearly as good as Carr. So McDaniels has got to take the approach, let me work on the areas where I can improve Carr. And I think, frankly, that's what, what we should do it with coaches too. If you feel like this coach, you hired him and in his first year, you know, whether it was Brian Flores or whomever, like if he's deficient in something and you don't like, then, and you know, you can't, and, and you think you might be able to fix him, keep him in development. Because I know we're going to talk about Mike McDaniel here in a second, but Brian Flores in year three ha- will be become a, a better coach than Mike McDaniel will be in year one. Why not fix Brian Flores? So I think that when you look at McDaniels, he's going to be a better coach than any time he was in Denver because he's learned from it. His experience, he's more ready to become a head coach. And he and he'll get the and he'll get the team and he'll be able to communicate better. I, I like the hire for the Raiders. I like Josh. As you know, I think he'll do a good job there. And I think the owner, Mark Davis, will give him enough time to handle it. McDaniels was the runner-up with the Eagles. I believe it was supposed to be Sirianni McDaniels. I'm still curious if McDaniels would have done with that offense if he could have done something different with Jalen Hurts. But regardless, he's now the guy with the Raiders. You mentioned Mike McDaniel. Month-long search to replace Brian Flores. The Dolphins land on a 38-year-old Yale graduate. Mike McDaniel, four-year contract. Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, by the way, was the other finalist for the job. McDaniel identifies as multiracial. Because of that, the 49ers will receive two third-round draft picks in 2022 and 2023 as compensation under the Rooney rule for developing a minority assistant who was hired for a head coaching job. Obviously a hot topic right now after Brian Flores' lawsuit. McDaniel's been in the NFL since 05, offensive assistant and position coach for a slew of teams before he became the 49ers offensive coordinator last season. The team finished seventh in the league in yards per game. He'll be the Dolphins' 11th head coach since 2000. Another young coordinator gets the NFL job. The pivotal question can he fix Tua? Well, I mean, what's he going to do with Tua? You know, I think that's the thing. And McDaniels has been Kyle Shanahan's best friend for a long, long time. I mean, when I was in Cleveland, he was just coming into Cleveland with Kyle. And I think McDaniels has been very forthcoming in admitting that he was an alcoholic. And when he first got to Cleveland, I think some of those issues had creeped up. There was talked about it when he was in Washington. And he got himself, and then he went to Atlanta, and he credits the people in Atlanta. Thomas Dimitrov and others down there for helping his life and saving his life and and getting him kind of turned around. 
and so we all know he's really smart. He went to Yale. He's kind of got a different perspective. He's kind of a quirky guy. He doesn't fit into any standard of what you would think of a coach, but he's extremely bright. He's been in charge of the running game. I, I wonder what his command's going to be like in front of the team because, you know, the, the guy that left, when Brian Flores walks in the room, you, you know he's the leader. He's the alpha male. When Mike McDaniels walks in the room, you're not quite sure what he's doing. You know, you're like, okay, are you, you know, now he's got to win through intelligence. He's going to have to get in front of those players and he's going to have to motivate, lead, inspire through his own unique way. Can he do that? We shall see. But I think this was the guy they wanted to hire all along down in Miami. They get two picks for hiring him. Uh, certainly. And they're going to think like he can fix the running game. He can fix this team based on where they are. Kenny remains to be seen. Give him every opportunity. But I will say this. I tr- was, Brian Flores would have been a better coach in year three than Mike McDaniels will be in year one. That's not to say Mike McDaniels a bad coach, but just let's understand where we're going with this. And curious to see how the owner, Stephen Ross, deals all this, a guy who clearly wants things done and wants results as soon as possible. <laughs> Doug Peterson, he's back. The Jags looking to bring veteran leadership and professionalism after the Urban Meyer experiment. You see this all the time in football. You have a disciplinarian coach, and then you have a more of a player-friendly coach. Happens in all the sports. So Peterson went 42-37-1 with the Eagles over five seasons. Of course, won that Super Bowl. Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate that season, and Nick Foles was incredible. But this move comes after a long search. Other candidates expressed concern about the presence of GM Trent Baalke. Owner Shad Khan has said he will hire someone as an EVP, Executive Vice President of Football Operations, under Balky and someone under him as well. So Peterson now, again, Mike, as I said off the top, Urban Meyer was an asshole, right? Nobody likes him. He's a dick. He's, you know, disciplinary. Doug Peterson, more player-friendly, nice enough guy. Curious how it works at the front office, because we all know Howie Roseman was on his case, and that led to some friction. But can he get the best out of Trevor Lawrence? That's going to be the biggest thing right now for Doug Peterson. Yeah, you know, it's funny, too. And I think the question to ask is, is, where is why if this was the decision they make, you know why Leftwich wasn't the guy? We know Leftwich wanted to bring in his front office, and what's the relationship between Peterson and Balky? I think one of the things you look at in Philadelphia was Peterson won a Super Bowl, and he got tired of being told what to do because he's a Super Bowl winning coach. Is the front office of Jacksonville going to tell Peterson what to do? And I think you know they're going to try to hire him to fix the 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 quarterback. They're hiring Press Taylor from the Indianapolis Colts, who was with them in Philadelphia, uh, to come down there and be the quarterback coach, offense coordinator. I'm not sure what he's going to be there, but they're going to hire Press Taylor there. And you know who's going to be his line coach? All those things have to pl- come into play. I've heard Steve Wilkes potentially could be his defensive coordinator. I don't know if that's going to be a case. He may just be interviewing them. But look, the Jaguars got to fix. They have to fix the quarterback. We'll see what they do. But the dynamic to me between Balky and whoever he hires, is he going to hire, you know, is he going to hire Rick Spielman as executive vice president? You know, when you have too many cooks in the kitchen, sometimes the kitchen don't cook a good meal, you know? <laughs> and so you can keep thinking like the, the theory is, well, the more smart people we get to make a decision, the better our decision is going to be. That's not necessarily always the case. So, you know, it'll be interesting who Balky hires. I heard Balky was trying to get Spielman, whether he gets him or not, I don't know. But I think Peterson will, will have to figure out what Lawrence does really well and then try to modify what he wants to do around Lawrence. And like I said, the power play, that'll be interesting to see because it's not just Balkin Peterson, but as Shaw kind of said, there's going to be somebody else in the mix as well. So you can see this potentially being flammable. The Texans narrow in on their new head coach. Will it be the same story in Houston? And not everything that happens in Vegas stays there for Alvin Kamara. That's next.
All right, anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So, as a novice golfer, I went and hit up our friends over at PXG because they have an all-new driver called the Black Ops. I mean, my man Chris over in Henderson has hooked me up with a phenomenal driver that's built to my game. My new game that doesn't really do much of anything on the course, but it has what I need in terms of the club head speed and the kind of grip that I need to go out there and be the best to my ability. I mean, this is music to ears to any golfer, whether you're a novice like myself or if you've been playing the game for decades. The PXG Black Ops driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Op drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. That's just ridiculously high. So what you got to do, go check out the PXG Black Ops driver. You'll be as impressed with it as I am. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com slash gmshuffle and use code gmshuffle at checkout. That's pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle for free shipping on all equipment, pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, the second round of the playoffs have been absolutely phenomenal, and if you really like a team, you can bet on them for the futures markets, maybe some conference finals MVPs as the conference finals approach, or how about NBA finals MVP? And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, see dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Houston Texans, there was word before that Brian Flores and Josh McCown, the other two finalists for the job. That may still be the case, but Flores is suing the league. His lawsuit makes it nearly impossible for them to hire McCowan, who has no real NFL coaching experience. So say hello to Lovey Smith. The Texans announced today they've had additional discussions with Lovey Smith about their head coaching job, and it seems very likely he could be the next head coach. Lovey was the defensive coordinator in Houston last season, spent nine years as head coach in Chicago and two in Tampa. Overall, he's a 500 coach, 90 to a 90, but he does have lots of experience. I guess if you're going in the direction of Lovey Smith, Mike, rather than Josh McCown, you're saying, well, we're going with a guy who's been there before. Well, why not hire Josh McCown to be your offense coordinator? Like, seriously, I mean, I mean, you guys, if you were almost considering for a head coach, right? Like, why not hire him for the offense coordinator? If you thought that highly of him, then why not bring him in to do that? Like, I don't understand the whole, I don't really understand the whole Houston Texan search. I mean, it's a little bit like Monty Hall. Like, door number one was, <laughs> was a coach. Let's go, Monty. Okay. Right. Door number one is Josh McCowan, no experience. Behind door number two, 
is is Jonathan Gannon, who, you know, for whatever reason, became the number two choice based on one year of experience as a coordinator. And then door number three is Brian Flores, who's got a lot of experience as a coach in the system. Okay, who are we picking? We end up picking no door. We basically take the prize and let Monty stand there and and don't even open up a door. So now we take Lovey, which really, to me, I think Lovey deserved to be interviewed from the start. If you look at one thing that's happened over the Houston Texans season was even though they weren't any good, they played hard on defense. Now they they were small and they got the game as the season went as the game went on. They kind of people ran the football on them and they wore down, but they played hard and they did a lot of things well. I mean, the Tennessee game that they won, they were able to hang in there. Their offense turned the ball over, but they were able to create turnovers and beat the Titans the one time. Even in the game they they lost at the end of the season, they played the Titans toe to toe. So. I don't know what the plan is. I do think that the the, the Flory suit really, really would have made it look the, the the league would have been embarrassed if they hire a guy with no experience as a head coach and say that we really value uh, diversity. Like seriously, like you do. Like I'm asking the question: Do you value head coaching experience in Houston? Like uh, you devalue the position. Like now, at least with Lovey, hopefully Lovey will sit there and say, "Hey, here's what I want to do." You know, or is Nick Cesario and Jack Easterby, are they going to run the whole team through through Lovey? I think that's the fundamental question. Look, the the league is different than I know it. And I and I understand that. It's a collaborative effort now. There's no supreme commander. We know that. I mean, Jimmy Altieri would be thrown out of the league as well. <laughs> so, I mean, we get that. I mean, I don't want to keep harping on that. The horse is already dead. You know, quit kicking it. But the reality of it is, is, is give Lovey a chance to do what he wants to do, you know? And... And so I, 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 you know, to me, I do think that the delay in this and the circling back to Lovey as the candidate, to me, I think this, I'm reading the tea leaves. I have no evidence on this. I think they wanted to hire McCowan. Right. Okay. I think they wanted to hire McCowan. I, I think somebody in the league office may have said, I don't think that's a good idea. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe not a good idea. You might, can you consider someone else? You know, and what's going on with the Sean Watson? All these things are lying all in there. I think you better consider something. There's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes than most people think. Let me just say that. I think that's totally fair and a reasonable comment. Deshaun Watson, you mentioned, gone for the entire season. The Texans finished the same number of wins this season compared to last. So, Lovey certainly has his work cut out for him because I don't think many people expect Deshaun Watson to ever suit up for the Texans again. More coaching news. Rich Bisaccia, hired to run Green Bay special teams. It sounds like a punchline, right? The Green Bay, who the fool the hell wants that job, Lombardi? The special teams of Green Bay, God, they're atrocious. Let's get the guy who did a great job with the Raiders. Go ahead. I got to get Big Daddy's reaction to this. I got to get Big Daddy's (laughs) reaction to this. I can't. Now, I'm sure, even though Big Daddy doesn't have any clue who Rich Bisacci is or watch one (laughs) Raiders special team. He 7-5 record, playoff berth of the Raiders, rescued them post-green. But I promise you, he's going to have an opinion on it. Now, (laughs) not that he has any information. He's going to have an opinion. I got to find out what he is. In fact, I'll text him here on the show as we're doing this and and see if maybe he gets back to us. You know, he's probably busy right now. uh, But He uh, interviewed with the Raiders for the head coaching job, by the way, just to be clear, was a finalist in Jacksonville. And you hear the special teams, to be clear, I did not realize this Passaccia's resume. He's been a special teams coordinator in the NFL since 02 for four different teams. So the the quick thing you tell Big Daddy is, hey, this guy took the Raiders to the playoffs without Gruden and he's known as a special teams guru. Good luck. 
you know, it's fun. So I don't know if I said this, I've ever shared this story on GM Shuffle, but so I'm in Philadelphia and Ray Rhodes is the head coach. And Ray and I, I love Ray to death. And, yeah. and so Ray says to me, you hire, you, you know, we need a special teams coach, go hire, you know, you go find somebody because the special teams were a disaster. Danny Smith was the special teams coach and he got demoted to the secondary coach. Now Danny's been in Pittsburgh for years as a special teams coach. And then I think we hired this guy, Joe Wessel, and then it was a disaster after one year. Now, of course, a lot of that was our talent was a disaster as well. But anyway, so so we come, I come up with basically, we go through all the colleges and Rich Passaccia, Clemson, and John Harbaugh are the two candidates that are the finalists for the job. And so we bring them in, and, and Basachi's ready. He's got four young kids. He's a young coach at Clemson. John Harbaugh's got a little daughter, and he's a, he's a, a, a special teams coach in Indiana. So based on the salary we're going to offer, this is how much times have changed, right? This is 1980. This is 1998. 99, 99, 98. This is 98 because I got fired in 98. Okay. And I went, uh, so this is 98. So we offered them like a four year, we offered them a, two, a one year with an option contract for, for like maybe just barely over a hundred thousand dollars. And besides, he's got four young kids in Anderson, South Carolina, which is where Clemson is or right around there. You know, he's living for dirt cheap down there, making more money than we're offering him. And I'm like, I can still remember the phone call. Rich, you can't take this job. As much as you want to be in the NFL, you can't take this job. Like, seriously, this is just this is professional suicide for you. And then we hired Harbaugh, who 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 took the job with bells on, moved his family to Pennsylvania, you know, and, and then he was able to retain himself as the next coach when Andy Reid's staff came in in 99 because he did a good job and John was really good. And I'm sure Basachi would have been able to do the same thing. So now he gets to go back as, as a, uh, as the special teams coach of the Packers working for the best head coach in all of football. And we'll see how he improves the team. He's going to have to improve the talent base as well. And to a story of a guy, you and I are both big fans of Alvin Kamara, unfortunately arrested Sunday for battery resulting in substantial bodily harm after the pro bowl. Kamara allegedly beat a man inside a Las Vegas nightclub. Few details are known outside of it. Kamara set to appear in court today. We're recording this on a Monday. But more issues, Mike, of guys getting in trouble in Vegas. Whatever happens in Vegas does not stay in Vegas. No, it doesn't. You know, uh, and then, and you know, I, I don't understand, you know, like, it, I think to me, it's what, what, it's what we call the trifecta. Whenever you get booze, whenever you get women, whenever you get, you know, jerks, we call that the trifecta. When you combine <laughs> those three people, things together, you know, women, booze, and assholes, something's <laughs> going to happen, right? It's the trifecta, right? right? And Vegas is the perfect place for the trifecta. And you've got to be really disciplined to avoid the trifecta. And I don't know what happened, and I'm not judging anything. And, and this could all be Kamara's fault. It could mean nothing with Kamara. But I'm just saying, if you're not harping on your team about the trifecta, you're going to have problems and it's going to cause you problems because they're always going to challenge you to have mental toughness. They're always going to challenge you to see what your discipline level is. When you put those three things together, never good. Now, before we go to the mailbag, here, I got a little nugget for you. I just saw this online. Kyle, Kyler Murray unfollowed the Cardinals on Instagram. Now that typically wouldn't be anything that I think of as a uh, as a uh, as a big story, but in this day and age where Instagram is kind of why would he do that, Ad? Why would he unfollow that? <laughs> it's so funny you mentioned this. So the other day I was joking with a friend of mine. I go, "You got to be careful on Instagram stuff." I said, "What do you mean?" I said, 
your wife has your kid, I'm sure, right? He's like, yeah. I go, everything's public. Like, so if you, back to your point, women, booze, and jerks, if you're looking at something you shouldn't be looking at, if you're communicating with a woman, like everything's public. People can see everything. So to your point, you've got to be so careful. There's nothing discreet in today's world, especially it's called social media for a reason. So something as, I want to say innocuous, but relatively minor as unfollowing a team. I'm like, dude, that's a pretty big lesson. Like, you well, got to be careful. Then he, then he also deleted all the pictures of him as a Cardinal. Like, what's he doing? Going back to baseball? Like, was it was it the Cardinals' fault <laughs> that he played like shit? Got drafted by the Oakland A's, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He's going to be with the well, Oakland A's next year. Was it the Cardinals' fault that he played like shit the second half of the season? I mean, like, <laughs> whose fault is this? Like, seriously. You know? Like, like really? Is this your... Like, I, I, I mean, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand it. Like, yeah. I mean, and, and I've said this all along. His body language on the field is a disaster. I think it's horrible. <laughs> I think it's horrible. His, you know, pointing to receivers like it's right. their fault. You know, like his body language is just, to me, not very good. And this, to me, is more of his bad body language. Like, at some point, you're the leader of the team. You're going to unfollow the card. That's how childish is that? I mean, I think they do this. And I'm sure somebody in high school unfollows their friends, too. You know, like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just asking, like, why you got to do this? Like, why you got to make a story out of nothing? Scale of one to 10. How much has social media actually helped society? Like None. is it ne- negative it's five? Horrible. It's a I negative think it's, five. I think it's, people say, "Well, you know, you got to get on social media to sell books." Why? I don't. What? It's don't, a pain in the ass. Yeah. I don't sell a book on. So the best, the best thing that's ever helped me sell Gridiron Genius is word of mouth. Right. Like people read it and they tell somebody else. It's still the old school methodology. This. Oh, you got to get on social, like Instagram. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I finally learned the other day. Ad, literally, I had Bill Berman's daughter Anna. She's mm-hmm. in. She's a freshman. So she's sitting with me. We're, we're on the couch. It was just, we just had dinner. And so like she's like, look, oh, she says, my friend's mad you don't follow her on Instagram. So I give her my phone. She says, well, follow her. I don't know who the hell she is, but just follow, I'll follow her. I don't care. <laughs> you know? And so we follow her. And I said, hey, how do they do these Instagram stories? Like, how do you like, how do I get my Twitter to go into my? And so she shows me. So like I've been like, I've been like, okay, I got it now. All right, I got that. <laughs> I don't know how to do anything else. <laughs> but that seems pretty good. For a follow, she taught you some savvy with regards to yeah, like That's I great. need it. Like, but like, like our man from the GM resuffle. I mean, where he comes amazing. up with these pictures is amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it's unbelievable. He had me in some, like, I don't know, it was some picture from years ago. When I, I think I was at UNLV when that picture was taken. Yeah. Like, I, this guy, I, I'm telling you, I, I hate to, I mean, he's going to be one of the greatest detectives of all time. I mean, this guy, <laughs> get him in front of a computer. He can find pictures on anything. We definitely need to get the GM reshuffle on the payroll. He's been absolutely fabulous. You can follow him on Twitter as he's always supporting our podcast. Time to close up shop a little pop culture minute. I watched on HBO The Eyes of Tammy Faye. It stars Jessica Chastain. The Oscar nominations are going to come out tomorrow. So I, I'm such a nerd, you know. I try to watch all the movies that will get nominated. So Jessica Chastain is likely to get nominated for Best Actress, which is why I saw the film. It's not a very good movie. She's the only part of the film that's completely redeemable. But what I wanted to ask is this. The movie's very kind of silly and chalky, but do you remember Tammy Faye Baker and that that entire drama? Like, it's it's amazing because I'd forgotten about some of it, but, like, it was yeah. a crazy story. These people were, like, born-again Christians and just bilking people out of hundreds of dollars for the oh, church. All, I mean, yeah, it's praise the Lord and pass the money. I mean, you know, it's, you know, I mean, what's that, you know, you know they, they, viol- they say redemption doesn't come with a debt. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I mean, what's that guy down in Fort Worth, Kenneth, Kenneth, uh, 
uh, uh, his whole ministry. I mean, they were yeah. doing like, he's tax exempt. I forget what the hell is, but I was reading it somewhere. Like he's got tax exempt. He's got millions. He's got studios everywhere. Right. It's the power of the Lord. I mean, I guess the Lord wants him to have four <laughs> private planes. I don't know. He hasn't contacted <laughs> me about that, but all I can remember of Tammy Faye is she's got all this eye makeup yes. on. It was like- That's what was a great title, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. The first shot of the movie is just getting her getting her eye makeup full fly. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's a I mean, thick ass eye shot of the eyelids. How strong do you think her eyelids must have been to hold that much paste on there? Like, seriously, she had to do eyelid exercises. Everybody has a superhero. Jimmy Faye, the eyelids were the grip of death. For you, Pop Culture Minute, you can talk more Sixers if you want. Actually, I want to ask for the Sixers because some of the other day said to me, Lombardi has not been talking about Embiid for MVP. He's going to represent the fact Embiid should win MVP. He's the leader right now. I mean, the guy's played real. I mean, look, everything that I said about Embiid was the fact that I thought he was underachieving. And I think this year he's not underachieving. I think he is truly playing to his potential. I think what's more impressive about what Embiid's done this year is his ability to pass the ball. I think his passing has improved. I think his conditioning has improved. I, I think he certainly deserves to be the MVP. Uh, you know, I think the Sixers would love to trade Simmons for Harden. I think Harden, at the end of this, would you really want to sign Harden to a five? You watch him. I don't know. We <laughs> talked about that earlier in the pod. Yeah. But I, I, I do think that, you know, that, Embiid certainly deserves it. I don't think the trading deadline is going to, I think it'll go away with a whimper. I don't think it's going to be so much in the NBA, but uh, I watched, what did I watch? I watched the show with Christian Bell with the girl in the window across the street from a girl in the window. I mean, it was a long ass title. Kristen Bell. Okay, sure. You know, she's the girl in that, that truck commercial. Yes, yeah, it's, it's on, it's on Netflix. I, I mean, it was, it was okay. I don't really like anything that has a child death involved with it. And this story starts with uh, basically the girl, Belle, she's depressed because her daughter died in a most re stupid way. Her, her husband brings her daughter to work and he's a therapist and he leaves her daughter alone in a prison with a, a serial killer who ends up killing the daughter that he left alone in there. Like, it makes no sense. I, I, but then it goes weirder. It was actually okay until the ending. I won't spoil the ending. I would give it a, a C plus. It was entertaining. It was eight episodes. They're only 29 minutes. So that wasn't too bad. I tried to watch Billions last night. I got derailed. I got to come back to it again. I'm sure I'll probably be just as angry about it <laughs> the next time. But you know what's amazing is they got me hook line. It's like, it's like those recurring charges. You don't want to pay them, but you keep paying them every month. Yeah. That's billions to me. They're like That's a Charge. I, I'm paying six ninety nine a month for Hulu. I never even watch anything on it, but I'm like, well, I might just, maybe there'll something will pop up. I keep recurring charges. It's more of a pain in the ass. To, by the way, the title is The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. Mystery on Netflix, eight episodes, as you said, starring Kristen Bell. Yeah, I thought it was, I read a book years ago about the girl in the window, about this woman. And I said, I thought this was, I thought this was about this woman who drives a train. She's divorced. She takes the train into London and she sees a murder. I read this book and I thought that's what it was, but obviously it wasn't. So I, I screwed up. No, no, you didn't screw up. Bottom line is you told the truth. It's a C plus. Probably should avoid it. But if you want to go watch a mystery, eight episodes. She go was ahead. good in it. I actually think she was really good in it. I think she was good. Kristen Bell did well. Uh, all right. Thank you so much for checking the James Shuffle. Apologies later released today because of this Olympic stuff I'm doing. Same thing on Thursdays. So the episode will come out a little bit later on Thursday. But don't worry. Next Monday, Super Bowl episode, nice and early. Uh, we'll get more for you on Thursday. And Thursday, we're doing a deep dive. We're going to go big time preview now. Offenses, defenses, everything you need to know. Rams and Bengals in the Super Bowl. We'll talk to you then.